Well, good morning again. Welcome. It's good to be here with you all. We are in a series that we're calling All In. And last Sunday, we talked about embracing adventure. We looked at the call of Abram. We saw God called him out of everything that was comfortable, out of everything that was known, out of everything that had ever made him feel safe and secure. And he called him into the great unknown. And because Abram was willing to embrace adventure because he said yes to the Lord and he followed him wherever he led, God made him a blessing. God blessed him, made him a blessing, and used him to bring blessing to the entire world. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, came through the line of Abraham. It's incredible. Today, I want to talk to you about doing whatever it takes, whatever it takes. In 2008, perhaps one of the greatest films ever made hit the box office. It grossed over $145 million. It did not win an Academy Award, which today I still find to be a grave injustice. But it did win the 2009 Golden Schmoes Line of the Year Award. All right? So I'm going to read you this line. And then you're going to get to guess what movie I'm talking about, all right? Some of you are going to get it right off the bat. It says this. Here it goes. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have, some of you already know where this is going. What I do have are a very particular set of skills Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that will be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I'm going to laugh when I say this last one. I will kill you. <laughs> Some of you are like, dang, Jared's going dark on us this morning. What's that movie? Anybody? Taken. Taken. Wow. We've got a lot of fans in here. Taken. Man, what a great movie, right? Just over the time. Like, I don't think there's any movies that can really rival that movie in terms of action packedness, except maybe like uh, Bruce Willis, Live Free or Die Hard, right? I mean, that one's, that one's up there, all right? It's a great movie. If you haven't seen the movie, the movie Taken, it's about this man who is an ex-CIA agent. That's where those skills had come from. An ex-CIA agent. His, his only daughter gets kidnapped while she's on a trip in Paris. And the whole movie is about him doing whatever it takes to bring her home. And if you've seen the movie, you know he does whatever it takes, right? That's what I want to talk to you about today, doing whatever it takes. There's a few things in life that we are willing to do whatever it takes, right? If you are a small business owner, then maybe you're willing to do whatever it takes to see your business succeed. If you've ever been to the doctor for a checkup and he told you if you don't get your diet in order and stop exercising, then things aren't going to go good for you, then maybe you're willing to do whatever it takes to get healthy, right? If you're a single mom uh, trying to provide for your children, then you know what it's like to do whatever it takes. There's a few things, few things in life that we're willing to do whatever it takes to accomplish. And the reason I say that those things are few is because in order for us to be all in, in order for us to, 
to be willing to do whatever it takes, we have to care deeply about that. We have to be consumed with a passion, right? The stakes have to be high. Something significant has to be on the line if we're going to be willing to do whatever it takes. So what are those things in your life? What is it that you are that passionate about? What is it that you care that deeply about? What are those few things that you would be willing to do whatever it takes? Is it your job? Is it your marriage? Is it your kids or your grandkids? What is that for you? What we're going to be looking at today is, is what that was for Jesus. See, what Jesus was passionate about what, what Jesus was completely sold out for, what, what he was willing to do, whatever it takes to see accomplished, that thing for him was reaching the lost with the good news of salvation. Jesus said this. He said, I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. He said this. He said, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. See, it was Jesus' passion, it was Jesus' purpose to seek and save the lost, and he was willing to do whatever it takes to make that happen. If you remember, as the gospel narrative unfolds, Jesus is in the garden. He's being betrayed by Judas, one of his disciples, and as Judas is in the process of betraying Jesus, these guards begin to surround him, and they're prepared to arrest him so that they can try him, convict him, and kill him. In the middle of, of this scene, one of Jesus' Jesus's disciples pulls his sword from his sheath, and he's prepared to fight to protect Jesus, to spare him from what is about to happen. And in that moment, Jesus says this. He says, put your sword back in its place because all who take up a sword will perish by a sword. Or do you think I cannot call on my father and he will provide me at once with more than 12 legion of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? What is Jesus saying? Well, he's saying this. He's saying there is a way out. If we're, if we're looking for a way of, of escape, if we're looking for an alternative path, there is a way out. It doesn't involve swords. All it takes is one word to my father, and he will send an army of angels to rescue me right now. That's all it takes. He says, but I didn't come to be spared from this moment. No, I came to save sinners, and this is the way it must take place. See, Jesus was willing. He was willing to do whatever it takes to save sinners, even if it meant enduring and excruciating death on a Roman cross. Nothing, nothing could stop Jesus from accomplishing his purpose, not even death on the, on the cross. And that's true because he cared that much he was willing to do whatever it takes after the resurrection before jesus ascended in 
to heaven. He told his church, you and me, he told us that it is our job to carry on his mission. It's our job to embrace his passion. It's our job to care just as he did when it comes to reaching the lost people around us with the good news of salvation. He's called us to do whatever it takes to make that happen. So in every gospel, every gospel, Jesus gives this call. In Matthew, he says, go and make disciples of all nations. In Mark, he says, preach the gospel to every creature. In Luke, he says, proclaim my name to every nation. In John, he says, as the Father sent me, so I am sending you. If there's anything clear in the scriptures, it's this, that Jesus expects his church, you and me, to carry on his mission to seek and save the lost, and that you and I, we are called to do whatever it takes to see that mission accomplished. So I want to take a step back, and I just want to ask this question. Is that something that we're doing? Is that something that we as a church can say with confidence today, right now, we are willing Jesus to do whatever it takes to reach as many people as possible with your gospel? Is that something we can say? And not just our church in general, but we can even back it up and just look at, look at the churches across the American landscape. Is that something that marks us and defines us as a church, that we are willing to do whatever it takes to reach as many people as possible. And I think if you look at the data, if you look at the statistics, if you look at the reality of the majority of churches in the United States today, the answer is simply no. We're not, right? You, you notice that every year, 4,000 plus churches close their doors for good, right? Statistics show us that 90% of churches in existence today in the United States have either plateaued or are declining. In terms of investing financially in kingdom work, 20% of all church-going Christians give zero dollars to support ministry every year. Only 10% of church-going Christians give 10% or more financially to support kingdom work in their communities, in their nation, and, and all over the world. Many of you are aware that the Southern Baptist Convention has had to pull missionaries off the field simply because there's not enough financial support to keep them out there, right? So why are churches dying? Why is it that the majority, the vast majority of churches in the United States aren't growing? Why is it that we're not sending out more and more and more missionaries every single year to see this mission, this commission, realized? Well, the answer is simple. It doesn't sound good when you hear it, but it's this. It's that we are not bought in to Jesus' mission. We don't care as deeply as he cared. We aren't as passionate as he was when it comes to seeing lost people saved. We're just simply not willing to do whatever it takes to reach the world with Christ. And so the sad truth of the matter is you could walk into practically any church on any Sunday and observe 
what's going on, and the majority of the people sitting in the pews aren't treating, they're not approaching church with passion, but more like it's a pastime, a hobby, something they've always done, a nice part of their life, something that makes them feel comfortable and encouraged, but really nothing more than that. Some of you remember Howie Long, who's an NFL Hall of Fame defensive end for the Oakland Raiders. And uh, during his enshrinement speech, he said this. He said, in my opinion, baseball is America's pastime, but football is truly America's passion. If you're a baseball fan, you probably don't like that, right? <laughs> but hey, numbers don't lie. Listen to this. In 2014, 13.8 million people watched the World Series compared to 112 million people who watched the Super Bowl, right? In fact, more people watched the Super Bowl that year than the Winter Olympics, the World Cup, the NBA Finals, the World Series, the Stanley Cup, the Daytona 500, the Masters, and the U.S. Open combined, all right? People in America are passionate about their football, right? People live for football. People sacrifice for football. I don't even want to get into the amount of time and money people spend on the game. It far exceeds the amount of time and money the majority of churches are investing in reaching people for the lost, and it's a game. I mean, it's a game, y'all. Like, there's nothing eternally significant on the line when two teams begin to play a game of football. But people live and die for the sport. It blows my mind. But here we are, the church of the resurrected Jesus, the Messiah who died and rose again, y'all. We're the church of the resurrected Jesus called and commissioned to bring his gospel to the ends of the earth. And sadly, for so many of us, this is nothing more than a pastime. It's not a passion for us. So I just want to ask, I mean, have we lost our minds? I mean, think about that. Like, what would Jesus say? What's he going to say? Like, how do you justify that? I mean, imagine having a conversation with Jesus, and he looks you in the eye, and he says, I, I valued you higher than any earthly treasure. You mean so much to me. You're so valuable to me that I bought you. I redeemed you with my own blood. Nothing would have held me back from making you my own. Nothing would have held me back from bringing you in to the kingdom of my Father in heaven. I was willing to do whatever it takes, he says, right? And then he looks at us and he says, I'm calling you to that kind of life. Are you willing to do Whatever it takes. Is the life you're leading proving that you're willing to do whatever it takes? And I think for most of us in the room, if not all of us, if we were to have that conversation, we'd be hard-pressed to respond with a confident yes. There is one man I'd like to share with you about who's one of those people who could say yes. He was a British missionary. His name was C.T. Studd. What a name, right? I mean, I'm like, I'm like, we need to go change the birth certificate. That's Judah Stud Wit, right? What a great name, man. Like, nobody messes with somebody named Stud, all right? Anyways, 
He was one of the Cambridge Seven, all right? These were seven individuals who, who had volunteered, committed to join another missionary, Hudson Taylor, uh, on his missionary efforts in China, all right? He lived and died on the mission field, and he's famous for having said this. He said this, if Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice that I could ever make for him could ever be too great. And he did sacrifice. Not only did he leave behind an honorable and lucrative career to pursue global missions and to live a life as a missionary, he died on the mission field in his 70s, and he donated all of his assets to kingdom-minded ministries so that he could ensure he was continuing to promote gospel work even after his death. This is a man who was willing to do whatever it takes. And so here's one fundamental truth I want to give you today. If we are going to be a people, you and me, if we're going to be a people who are willing and can confidently say to the Lord, yes, Lord, we are willing to do whatever it takes to reach as many people as possible, then we have to care more about those who are perishing than we do about our own comforts and securities and preferences. And it's only then when we come to a place where we can say that, that we will be able to say with confidence, Lord Jesus, I am willing, we are willing to do whatever it takes. The Apostle Paul, probably the world's greatest missionary apart from Jesus himself, right? The one who planted church after church after church, the, the one who wrote the majority of, of the New Testament, he lived this way. He was willing to do whatever it takes this is what he wrote. He said this. He said, I have become all things to all people so that I may by every possible means save some. I mean, this guy got it, right? He was sold out. He was bought in. He was <clears throat> all in when it came to reaching the world for Christ. He laid aside his rights. He laid aside his comforts, he crucified his personal preferences simply because he was committed to reaching as many people as possible, to doing whatever it takes to see as many people saved as possible. And so let me ask you, are you willing to do whatever it takes? Are we, as a church, Hanley Baptist Church, are we willing together to do whatever it takes to see as many people come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior as possible? Are we willing to do whatever it takes? And if we're going to say yes and mean it, then we have to care more for those who are perishing outside these walls than we do about having our own comforts and securities and preferences met. The call to reach the world has to supersede all of that. And only then will we come to a place where we can confidently say we are willing to do whatever it takes. So many of you in here this morning, you have kids. You have kids, some of you even who, who have kids. Some of you have kids who have kids who have kids, right? And unfortunately for many of you, you've seen your kids leave church to go to another church, or you, some of you have even seen your kids leave church 
entirely. And it's heartbreaking, isn't it, to see that happen? Absolutely, it's heartbreaking. But what if you were able to sit down with your kids or with your grandkids and you were, you were able to ask them, what will it take to get you back? What if they said it would take this and that? You can just fill in the blank with whatever it is. If they told you it would take this and that, would you not be willing to do this and that if it meant that you could bring them back into the fold, that they could see and follow Jesus once again? Of course you would, right? You would do anything to see that happen. That's something you probably want more than anything to be a reality in the lives of your kids and grandkids. You would do whatever it takes. And I want you to think about that for a minute because we are surrounded by a community of people who are somebody's sons, somebody's daughters, somebody's grandsons, somebody's granddaughters, and they are deeply loved by many people the same way you love your kids and your grandkids. Right? These are people who are created in the image of God and deeply loved by God. These are people who are precious in the sight of Jesus, so precious, in fact, that he poured out his own blood that he might redeem them and give them eternal life. And so shouldn't we care too? Shouldn't we be passionate about reaching them too? Shouldn't we be willing to do whatever it takes to see them come to know Lord, the Lord as their Savior? Jesus has put us in this place at this time to do whatever it takes to reach our community with the good news of the gospel. And so are you willing to step up? Are we as a church, are we willing to step up and do whatever it takes? There's a, a, a Latino church in Southern California that was started many years ago by some first-generation Hispanic immigrants, and they, they started this church in Southern California. It was a Spanish-speaking church. And these people had kids, they had kids who had kids, and, and just like for so many of us, they saw their kids and their grandkids move on, either go other places or, or stop going to church at all, and it began to burden them as it should us. It began to bother them. And so they finally came to a place where they were willing to do whatever it takes to reach the next generation. And for them, that meant they were going to have to begin to include English in their worship service. And so this church decided together that they were either going to learn a new language or that they were going to sit through portions of a service without being able to understand simply because they were that committed to reaching the next generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what it looks like when a church is willing to do whatever it takes. And I'll tell you this, God has blessed that church and they've begin to, began to grow, and they've begun to reach people of the next generation, and that church is gonna have a long-lasting gospel witness in that community for many generations to come simply because they were willing to answer the call and do whatever it takes to reach as many people as possible with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are we that kind of church? Are we those kinds of Christians? Listen to me, every single person has one life to live. We all have one life to give. And then we're going to stand before the Lord Jesus and we're going to give an account for the things that we've done. And on that day, what good are our comforts, our securities, or our preferences going to be? 
The only thing that's going to matter on that day is that we can stand before the Lord and say with confidence, Jesus, I was willing to do whatever it took so that we could hear back from him, well done, my good and faithful servant. Are we willing to do whatever it takes? Are you willing to do whatever it takes? How do we get there? How do we take steps in that direction? How do we begin to live that kind of life, a life that says, I'll do whatever it takes? So I want to tell you three ways that you can begin to take those steps and to embrace that kind of life. For you, some of you, it could simply begin with giving. With giving. If the statistics are true, then there's only a handful of us in here this morning who are, are giving at or above what the Lord requires. And the truth is, if we're going to see people coming to faith in Christ, if we're going to reach the community around us, then we have to be willing to do whatever it takes. And that means we have to invest financially in kingdom ministries, something that we have to do. And I know what some of you are thinking. I think the same thing. I don't have a lot of money. You're thinking, I don't have a lot of money. I don't know how it can possibly happen, but I do want you to know this, that the Lord blesses a cheerful giver, and when you do give to kingdom-minded ministries, you lay up treasures in heaven, and eternity is eternity, and this life is but a breath. And so we need to lay up treasures in heaven. But beyond that, it's possible, because I'll tell you this, there are people in our church today who live simply off the money they were able to save during their career and the social security check they collect every month, and they give faithfully, and they give sacrificially. It's possible, we can do it, but we have to come to a place in our life where we're willing to say, Lord, I will do whatever it takes. So for you, it could be giving. And if you're one of the people in here this morning who, who does not or rarely ever gives, I would challenge you to take that step today. And when the offering plate comes by later, just put something in. And if you don't have anything to give, you didn't come prepared to give, that's okay. Because you can just pull out your phone and hop online, hanleychurch.com, and you can click give. And you can do it one time or you can set it up to recur over and over and over again. So that way you're committed to doing whatever it takes to reach as many people as possible with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it could be giving for you. It could be sacrificing. See, the truth is we all have things that we like about church. We all have things we dislike about it. We all have ideas about how things should go, what types of songs we should sing, what types of programming we should have, the, the clothes that people should wear, where people should sit. I mean, we all have ideas about all of these things. And, and there's nothing wrong with having likes and dislikes, okay? I want you to know that. God made you the way he made you, and you like the things you like, and you dislike the things that you dislike, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But it can become a hindrance to us to getting the gospel out when we decide to stop giving or to stop serving, or to stop showing up simply because we don't think we're getting what we bargained for. You following me? Our preferences can, can be a hindrance when that type of thing begins to happen. The truth is the church is not a country club. I've told you this before. We're not paying dues to get what we want in return. The church is an embassy, an outpost of the kingdom of God, and we are called by God to do whatever it takes to get the gospel of Jesus out. 
And so sometimes what that means for us is that we have to slay some sacred cows, all right? It means we have to be okay with singing different songs or trying different programs or pursuing other things if it means that we're reaching more people with the gospel and we're seeing more people enter into the kingdom of God. And that can happen, and you can, you can be okay with that, and you can still have joy and contentment in the Lord if you do this one thing. If you learn to find your highest contentment, not in having your preferences met, but in seeing people come to faith in Jesus. If you learn to love seeing people come to faith in Christ more than you love having your own comforts and preferences met, it doesn't matter what we do or where we go. As long as people are getting saved, you'll be happy. All right? And that's what I want for you. Third thing is you can serve. If you want to step into a life where you're saying, I'm willing to do whatever it takes, you can serve. You can serve, right? Because listen, folks, our church is growing. And over the past 18 months, our, our Sunday attendance has nearly doubled, okay? We have needs in this church. We need people to step up and serve, right? We need friendly people to help greet in the foyer welcoming guests every Sunday so that they feel welcome and at home when they walk into this place. Right? We need people who are, are willing to do the hard work of laying a Christ-centered foundation around the hearts and minds of our little ones in the nursery. Right? We need men and women who can step up and come alongside Mary Merrill to help teach our elementary school kids what it's like to follow Jesus every single day of your life. Right? We need people who are committed to bringing the gospel to every single door in Handley to come alongside others on our evangelism team so that we can get the gospel out of these four walls and into the hearts and minds of the people around us. And listen, if you're going to be a type of Christian who's willing to do whatever it takes, if we're going to be that type of church and say we're willing to do whatever it takes, don't wait to be asked. No, just say, look, I'm here, I'm available, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Put me in, show me what I can do. All right? Jesus held nothing back. He was willing to do whatever it takes to bring salvation to you and me, and he proved it in his death and resurrection. He was willing to do whatever it takes, and he's calling you and me to carry on his mission. He's calling you and me to be willing to do whatever it takes to reach the lost world with the gospel. Are you willing? Are we willing? And if you ask me, I think we are willing. I think we're absolutely willing, but what it's going to take is each and every one of us deciding in our hearts, I am willing to do whatever it takes to reach as many people as possible with the gospel of Jesus. But listen to me, church. If we do that, if we can come to that place, if we can make that choice, if we can say together in confidence that we are willing to do whatever it takes, the Lord will bless our ministry and he will use us to reach many, many people and to accomplish great things for the glory of his great name and the good of other people around us. And this church, this body, we will have a long-lasting gospel witness in this community because that's what happens when churches decide together we'll do whatever it takes.
Let's pray together.